Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Father God, I thank you for today. Father, I thank you that you are a God that seeks active relationship with us, that we can hang our hat on hope and joy and peace that is not contingent on current circumstances, current world events, anything like that, that the love and peace and joy that we have in you surpasses all understanding. Father, I pray as we go through our conversation that anything that is not of you fall away and that our constant attention and orientation is pointing to you father i thank you i love you in jesus name amen all right guys what is up welcome back to buddy walk with jesus as always as we get started we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and you are loved deeply. Quick reminder here at the top for all the links for all the things. You can find us at buddywalkwithjesus.com for the link to their Facebook page, link to our Discord server, the Patreon, and our store. Lastly, if you are in need of prayer, do not hesitate to reach out. Prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. So over the last couple of weeks, we've discussed things like prayer, once saved, always saved, love, things like that. All topics that in their proper place and application are good, but the reality is each of these concepts can be taken a bridge too far and they need to be approached with a healthy dose of skepticism and more importantly they need to be approached from a biblically true perspective right realistically it's not hard to reach for stories of examples of humans that misuse these concepts to justify things that quite frankly aren't biblically accurate we've gone into some of the specifics for specific gospels We've gone into specific examples. It's not hard to be able to pick out how these things that can't be nailed down into a specific box get used by people that want to justify bad behavior, misthoughts, or have only heard them in their in a separate context from the holistic nature of the gospel. And I think that this is part of why we hear a lot of contention around these different things amongst the church as a whole, right? You have people that say that you can, in fact, lose your salvation. You have people that focus either too far on love or too far on wrath. 
without taking the complete character of God into consideration. While we have no interest in fueling more of the debate, we have no interest in trying to take a side against a certain side or for a certain side. What we're looking to do is approach this from a purely biblical standpoint, right? That is why we make it such a point to say, don't take it on our word. Don't take our authority as gospel. Take it on the Bible's authority. Take it on God's authority. Test what we say against the Bible because that is the compass of truth. And the further we go down this road of putting the spotlight on the Bible, on God, it's going to naturally lend to weeding out some of the false conceptions and and false gospels that get associated with these different concepts. One area in this set of topics that we find it very important to talk about, but also seems to be a major open door for manipulations of the gospel, as we'll say, to take place, is this whole idea of hearing from God. Some people say that they've heard clear and present revelation from God. Other people say that it's impossible to hear from God. And while we have no interest in just sitting here camping on all of the ways that humans can get this wrong, I do feel like it has to be noted that if you line up the false teachings that are out there, most of them can be traced back to somebody, quote unquote, hearing something from God that absolutely conflicts with scripture, which as we say, if it conflicts anywhere in scripture, then it has to go. But regardless, this whole idea of hearing from God has caught a bad rep for a variety of reasons. So all of that being said, I want to camp here and unpack what this whole hearing from God thing looks like from a biblical standpoint, right? The further down this kingdom road that I go, the clearer it has become that God absolutely desires active relationship and communication with us. From what I can tell, that's biblical. We see this time and again played out, which I know some chalk up to just being because the Bible wasn't in the hands of everyone yet. So there was no choice in the matter, so to speak. But I think that's a little short-sighted especially when you look at the collective details that we have about the character of God. And if God is a God that wants to have active relationship, how would that even happen if he didn't communicate with us as well? If he didn't reveal himself to us as well? Now, again, 
Now again, I need to repeat that this can be used as an open door for giving God credit for saying things that he never said. But at that same token, fire can either save your life or create widespread devastation. So rather than approaching this from the perspective of how this can be wrong, let's go ahead and approach this from a kingdom perspective. Because we serve a God that is the same yesterday and today and forever. So that goes to say that it becomes more and more evident that God is a God of relationship. So how do we navigate that? Um, I know that one person said, you know, you can talk to Jesus all you want, but if he talks to you, you're crazy. Right. But what's the definition of prayer? You know, it's not speaking at God. It's speaking with God. And a lot of times we say it's listening to God. Yeah, there's a difference between monologuing and dialoguing. And I will never understand the idea that conversating with God means monologuing at God. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you need to be able to, um, you know, if, if quote unquote, God is telling you to do something that to totally does not line up with scripture, then yeah, that's, that's your own brain. Like, like we've talked about, there's, there is such a thing as the power of suggestion, but the, the, Throwing the baby out with the bathwater doesn't make sense. If you are just throwing out any kind of conversation that you could have with God just because you are trying to be aware of, um, you know, that power of suggestion, that seems like you're 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 shooting yourself in the foot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If 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 you're, I guess the phrase is um, throwing something at the wall to see if it sticks. Yeah. Something like that. And I think some people have to do that so that they can get an understanding of what works or doesn't work. And by that, I mean, what is really listening to God for them? Mm -hmm. You know, some people have a hard time with silence. They have just always been a person who's round noise and everything. And they need that noise for comfort. Otherwise, they're very uncomfortable. So they have to gradually, and I do say this kind of like loosely, they have to gradually become accustomed to stillness before God. And that may mean that they'll have music in the background and the next time it's a little lower and a little lower until they're off and they can focus on the Lord without being distracted that something's off. You know, I, I'm a big fan of earplugs. I love earplugs. I have like three containers around the house. Um, I need them within reach. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I try to drown out my family, though they may say, I do, don't listen to them. <laughs> but I've come become accustomed because for some reason it, I feel like I can hear better when there's none of the other distractions. And mind you, I grew up in the projects and I grew up in a part of New York City, Manhattan, where on the west side is the only place where it appears on the west side, uh, where it comes out of the ground and becomes an elevated train track. And that's around 125th Street. 125th Street stop is that one. So you would hear like it's in the canyon the trains going through the night and everything so i was accustomed to that and it was kind of hard to get to get not used to that 
So it took a while, but I learned that I really am able to focus better with earplugs than I am without. But lately, and this is a big problem for me, lately I have a hard time reading in stillness because my mind wants to be occupied by something else other than reading. And I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't allow me to quiet down. So I tend to try to fight through this. And this is a big problem for me because this is how I like to do my reading and, um, and meditating on God by going through and just really getting into the text. So whatever that thing is going on, that noise for me has to go away. So if anybody wants to pray for that, I'll take, I'm greedy. I'll take all the prayer I can get. And, uh, but I did want to touch on something you said. You said monologuing with God or at God, I think it's monologuing. And I thought it was wonderful because it reminded me when Jesus talked about vain repetitions. Right. And when he was talking about the tax collector and, and the, I think it was Pharisee at that point, could have been Sadducee, I don't know. Um, but would be the vain repetitions just to be heard for their own words. You know, how does that drive God nuts? I don't think that's possible, but it sounds like it's something that he really doesn't like somebody who's not in the words they're saying. So if you're going to talk to God, be honest and authentic and be present in those words, I think it is valid. And I've said this before, and I think Joe, you may have said it. it is better to be messy with your words and be honest that God can come in and clean it up for you than for you to pretend that he doesn't see what's already in your heart and you're hiding from coming out of your mouth. Um, we know that the Lord talks about what is, what's in a man that defiles him, not um, what goes in. So what you eat is not the important thing. It's, it's what's in there that's coming out. What's, what's the heart talk about? Um, I think King David said it, and I'm pretty sure it was King David. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. And that tells us that the, the heart and the mouth are very importantly, very importantly seen by God. There's no matter, no hiding it from him. Um, and if you don't want to say something bad, you don't have to say anything bad. I'm not saying go say something bad, but I'm saying, Lord, you know, I really am in a foul mood and I would love just to say what's on my mind, but I can't bring myself to say it. I'm really upset and this such and such person did such and such thing to me that I feel like such and such a way and I want to do such and such a thing. Now, you know, whatever that is, you're letting God know and you're not hiding it for him. Oh, Father, thank you for this trial that I'm going through. I know that you're trying to teach me something. Now, you may really mean those words, for some of you, <laughs> I don't know if I would fall into that category, but you may not mean them. So why are you saying them to God, who is truth? I'm totally with you. Silence and solitude is very difficult for me as well. I can remember back when the Jacob Institute ran retreats, first realizing how much of a problem that this is for me. Now, on top of just being a big music nerd and all of that kind of stuff, I was also working in the restaurant business, which is constant overload from start to finish. So I was, so my ability to just stop 
was constantly being broken down. And fast forward to present life, this is still an issue for me. I go for walks every day around the city. I am the type of person that if you put me out in God's creation and I can see all of the little idiosyncrasies of how life interacts with each other and how things interact with each other, that to me is soul rejuvenating. But God's been challenging me on how quickly I reach for music or a podcast while I'm walking. You know, I've been challenged with God asking me, wait, what if you just walk with me? The issue is, if there's always noise of some kind, if there's always some form of input, then we aren't giving an opportunity to stop and sit and listen, to process. And I have to admit, as a millennial, this really is attention span theater in the world. It's not like it's a new concept, but it's certainly one that's growing. The avenues that we have to be taking in information or be taking in media or entertainment, right? I think sometimes as Christians, we get caught into listening to Christian radio or listening to a Christian podcast, and it's all good because it's all Christian content that we're consuming. The problem is, is you can still have an unhealthy diet just eating healthy foods. It's the same idea, right? We can be taking in all of this stuff and be expecting to God, to be expecting for God to use the content that we're consuming as a means of communication. Now, God can, and that is a thing. But if we aren't giving an opportunity to soak in the presence of God, then we're not going to know in the first place. And moreover, if we aren't taking time with God, purposeful intentionality with God, again, God is a God of relationship. God is a God that wants to spend time with us, that wants to engage with us. But if we aren't engaging with him, if we aren't in his word, if we aren't spending time with him, then we won't know his voice, right? It's not this magical thing that takes place. As soon as you pray a prayer, you suddenly get the achievement unlocked that you're now able to tune into God's frequency. That's not how it works. And so pulling away from the constant noise and the constant input it seems like is a necessity to be able to really tune into what it is that God is saying. And I think that's part of the issue. I think we run into this issue with this of thinking that God isn't talking because we aren't listening. But the problem is, is if we're not listening, how could we know in the first place if he's talking or not? Now, to answer the question that you posed, because that's what feels the most comfortable, because that's the point of of comfort, being able to turn to, if you don't have, so for all the time that you and I have these conversations about intimacy, 
If you strip away that intimacy, what are you left with? You're left with hollowness. You're left with something. You need something to fill that void because otherwise, if you don't fill that void with something, then very quickly you're going to realize that you are left with something that is hollow, dead, and lifeless. And that's what it seems like when I talk about things like dogma, and I'm not talking about the rules. As as Christians, yeah, we're given we are given Matthew 5 through 7. We are given the standards. We we are called to the standards that we need to live by as kingdom citizens. I'm not trying to negate all of that, but we can hide behind anything when it comes to hiding from God and think that we are doing right by God, that think that we are doing all of the right things, but we can hide behind our responsibilities as parents, our responsibilities as spouses, our responsibilities, quote unquote, as Christians. And have it have all of our works be more about like this giant resume, like we're gonna slide the resume across the table to God once we get once we get on the other side of the veil, like, and again, like we talked about the other, like you know, this is this is where I get caught up because it sounds like I'm throwing stones. But all of these rules and regulations and, you know, standing on the right side of justice and standing on the right side of history and all of those kinds of things. So my question becomes, when you think that you're standing on the right side of history, what is it about? What is your motivation? Is it for you to be heard? For your stance to be heard? For you to feel justified? Or is it pointing to God? Because they are mutually exclusive. I'll tell you a story real quick. Um, Last year, I had a conversation with Seth and we were discussing, it was not long after the height of the civil unrest started happening, right when the murder happened, all of those things. And I found myself because I shaded by my own experiences and things like that. I found myself in this position of speaking death over that officer that did what he did. Like not, not unabashedly, you know, this person deserves to, you know, go to prison, deserves, you know, to never see the light of day again, all of these things like, and really feeling justified in that moment because this dude did what he did and it took Seth to stop me and be like, whoa, this is what I'm hearing. A, you're speaking death over this dude that you've never met before in your life. And B, just because you came across corrupt police officers in your life and you have been touched with how corruption from the legal system can happen, you are now translating all of that onto him. And that's something that you need to lay before the cross. You know what I mean? And it becomes so easy to feel justified because, you know, at face value, yeah, sure, this is a... 
this is a good cause to get passionate about, but in that good cause, you can very easily leave God behind. We live in a time where many people are going to tell you to live out your truth where many people are going to tell you that you need to live out what is true to you. Giving truth a subjectivity that as Christians, we need to understand is fundamentally incorrect. By proxy of all of that, we live in a time where social causes are the name of the game. And Again, we are not saying that the social causes in and of themselves are wrong, right? There are causes that Edgar and I both stand really firmly for, right? But at the end of the day, every single social cause becomes secondary to the cross, right? And... And as Christians, there is a danger in focusing on what is true to us, what we determine to be the most important or the thing that we need to focus on, right? But the reality is we need to be focused on the kingdom. All of these things that we're talking about, inequality, injustice, murder, all of these things, they are simply symptoms of the kingdom of darkness they are symptoms and byproducts of a fallen world that is why our primary focus needs to be on the truth of the gospel the foundation of god and focus on hearing from him and him ministering to us I think I can do one better than you. On okay. This. Um, back when I was on Facebook, you know, they have these feeds that people put on where you watch videos. I'm sure they still have it today, but it's been a while. Um, <laughs> I make it sound like I was on Facebook in the last millennium. <laughs> um, somebody had posted a video of the Taliban killing these two teenage boys, and I saw it. And I was so distraught and upset that I actually posted a prayer that God would make these men repent of their sins and what they did, that they would come not only to a place of repentance, but that they would become martyrs for God. And that they their martyrdom would lead others to Christ. Now you may think there's nothing wrong with that but what i did is i just basically shelled out their destiny right for them you know with in the in the place where god is god is the only one that can do that now i i had that righteous anger it was horrible and a lot of people will, will sympathize with that but that doesn't mean i get to um i don't want to say i was vicious but i was so um filled with in justice, I guess is the word, that I wanted the the spiritual eye for an eye, the tooth for a tooth, you know, and that God's kingdom would be advanced because these men would have to lay down their lives for the lives they took. And I think that little nuance there 
is where it goes over the line, in my opinion, and me looking back at it. And I think because of the way that is, and this is why I say I, I can do one better than that, is because I think speaking out a destiny or putting words, you know, and spiritualizing death, um, for the glory of God, someone's death for the glory of God is not really for the glory of God. So it's kind of like a defilement of words. That's my opinion. People may agree or disagree with it. That's fine. But at the end, I'm the one that has to, in my opinion, repent for those words. And now I, if somebody were to say, nah, don't worry, you're okay. I would probably think, oh, you know, this guy's, I got to keep an eye on this one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would not take an applause for that. I would not. Um, if, if you want to applaud me, do it on one of my jokes, as lame as they are. But that that to me, I when someone speaks out of, it wasn't a religious spirit, but it it was it was taken away from the glory of God. And when someone speaks out of a wounding, like what I'm taking from what you said, there's a difference in. I want to say there's a difference in level or something like that uh, of weight. Um, it's just different to me. I understand when somebody's grown up a certain way, they feel a certain way and they're angry a certain way and they voice a certain way. I, I've dealt with those personalities for a long time and they can come around when someone accepts them the way God does freely and loves them fully. Um, but someone who, 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 if I were to allow that to become everything I framed an injustice by, I would become a religious person. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and you, I'm sure that every one of our listeners can can say, yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't want to meet people like that. We just want to be able to enjoy the Lord and exhort one another. I wasn't exhorting at that point. Um, I could probably super lift tons of rocks to throw at another person at that point. Um, and, and the thing is, it happens in a twinkling of an eye. Yeah. And you don't realize it. And you may not know what's taking root. So that's the one good thing about the Lord. He can take that situation and show you if you're willing to listen. Yeah, that's and and that's that's the end of the that is a perfect point to mention that you have to be willing and humble enough to actually hear from God. We can grandstand all we want. We can take the religious high ground and you said it perfectly. You said it perfectly that you when you are doing things absent from God, when you are coming at it from that kind of uh, point of view you become religious and there's a difference between being religious and being a Christian those are two very very different things I agree I think it's good to be able to talk about these things because I think on both sides of the fence you can run into problems if you're so avoidant of 
creating issue or having conflict or having discourse or anything like that, you can leave a lot of things on the table when it comes to pushing forward the kingdom. But at the same token, if you're coming at a thing with the expressed interest in um, debating into having problems, and I understand that there's an audience for that kind of thing. You know, I mentioned at the top front of the show, the Fusion podcast, check them out. We are so totally two very different shows because they they celebrate that diversity they celebrate that that discourse and that you know that the the debate of it all um whereas for us we don't talk about these things we don't take a stand not because we're afraid but because we don't necessarily see the value in getting on here and grandstanding about different social issues and different issues within the world it's just not where we're called to and it's not something that we see as benefit so all of that being said i think it's i think it's good to celebrate diversity and i don't just mean that in a person standpoint i mean that in a you know god created each one of us unique so celebrating that and understanding that we are all part of the same kingdom, I think, is the key to being able to navigate all of this stuff. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence to hear stuff from you that is meant for our ears only, Father. I pray that each and every listener would have that special, unique discernment of listening, quietness, whatever it is for them to be able to hear you with clarity. Father, that your words would leap off the page to them in their hearts and would engender discussion, intimacy, engagement, that they would feel that they are not alone, but they are fully with you and fully loved and fully known. Father, that nothing can separate them from the love of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. For more information, check us out at BuddyWalkWithJesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.